Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see you again on this Missionary Monday. Just a quick recap. My name's Gene Hall. This is my wife in the center, Minori. We've been married 26 years. That's our daughter, Mika, who is a senior in college in Arizona, and our son, Iwa, who's just entering college in Oregon. We make our home in Tokyo, Japan. Japan has about 127 million people, of which 1% are Christian. Uh, it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful people, a beautiful culture. Somehow the gospel just hasn't gotten an inroad to impact the multitudes. So appreciate your prayers for Japan. If you have an interest or want to learn more, I'm sure Elijah would uh, pass along my contact information. I'd love to hear from you. My wife teaches Japanese at the Christian Academy in Japan, an international school. And then together, we work in the area of leadership development, which simply means that we mentor and coach leaders. We come alongside them. And, and assist them and, and serve them in their needs. Um, today, I'm gonna be sharing about this idea of service, service. So um, really quickly, let me ask you this. What is your favorite restaurant? Out West, one of my favorites is In-N-Out Burger. Gotta love In-N-Out, it's the bomb, if you will. Um, and, and I'm wondering, the restaurant you chose, why did you choose them? Why do you like them? I'm guessing that there's at least three things. First of all, good food, cheap food, <laughs> and good service. Or good food, good prices, and good service. Interestingly enough, uh, a woman by the name of Lindsay Snyder owns In-N-Out Burger. She's around 36 or 37. She inherited the company from her grandparents and then her father and uncle. Um, but she's grown it uh, tremendously since she's taken over. She's very gifted. And um, she's worth, I want to say, a cool $3 billion is her net worth. So, uh, but sorry, guys, she's taken. She's married to a pastor. And the church that she and her, uh, her husband lead, as well as uh, the In-N-Out business, have something in common. And that is they share the value of service. So today, we're going to be looking at this title, Serve Someone. Serve Someone. I want to turn to uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 22. And as you're turning there, uh, I wanna, I'll tell you a quick story. A number of years ago was the first time we lived in Japan. We moved to the Japan seaside in Niigata, uh, just a gorgeous place. Um, and when we kind of got settled, we met some of the local leadership and I struck up a conversation with a pastor and I asked him, Pastor, how can we help you? How can we help you? And uh, he simply answered, serve us. 
serve us. And I have to be honest with you, when I heard his answer, I was a bit disappointed. I, I came to Japan the first time around ready to change the world. I wanted to do big things for Jesus. And I thought at least we could do as a citywide youth ministry program or something. Um, and he simply said, just come and support us, encourage us, get to know us, befriend us, and serve us. I don't think it was until I returned back later to the U.S. and resumed ministry in the church that God began to really um, teach me that lesson or emphasize that lesson. And really, our time in Japan was a way of refining that and growing that in me. So I hope you're excited uh, about the message today and your turn to the book of Luke, chapter 22. Uh, we're going to be looking at verses 25 through 27. Now, the disciples um, have just gotten in an argument, and they are arguing over who has gonna who's going to have the highest rank in uh, the kingdom when Christ establishes his kingdom. So we pick up there. So Jesus, seeing a teachable moment, told them, in this world, the king's and great men lorded over their people. Yet they're called friends of the people. And we see that all the time where people who have clout, celebrity, status, wealth, um, are everybody follows them on Twitter. Everyone's excited. Um, they think they know them because they have some persona that they've sold. Um, so they're a friend of the people of sorts, but we really know nothing about these people and what their true intent is and yet we follow willingly. Jesus continues, but among you, it will be different. Among you, it will be different. Jesus is very direct here. He's contrasting the, the way the world leads, the way the world exalts people, and the way the world views things. He says, but among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you shall take the lowest rank, and the leader shall be like a servant. Now, even amongst the 12 disciples, Judas has already left. He's gone on to betray Christ. He'll get replaced down the road. But even amongst the 12, uh, a handful of them are going to be um, promoted to a leadership role, and really soon it will be Peter, though he's going to have to be humbled before he gets to that point of where he takes on that leadership role. So Jesus isn't saying don't take on leadership role, uh, don't, uh, don't even desire it, um, run from it. No, he's saying embrace it, but keep in mind, the greatest among you, the leader among you will take the lowest rank. The leader should be a servant. Now, I'm guessing as you're being prepared for your career, your vocation, um, whatever lies in store for you here in the near future, for some of you, if you're seniors, um, you, you're going to be in a leadership role in some environment. You might be going to start an NGO or um, you might go into ministry of some sort and to the business field. You might become self-employed. You might go into education, be a teacher, might be an administrator somewhere. But you're going you're gonna to step into the role of a leader. So I think it's really important for us in no time like the present to consider 
what kind of leader will I be? Or what kind of leader am I? What kind of leader will I be? Or what kind of leader am I? And if we're honest, we might be more like the leader that wants um, recognition, wants to be liked, wants the prestige, um, wants some of the status, and then wants people to um, follow our directions and our instructions. Uh, and so the Lord may have to do a refining process in us. That doesn't mean we shouldn't embrace that leadership role and we'll learn, we'll grow. People are even patient with us as we grow as leaders, but um, just uh, take some time as you're going that direction to consider what kind of leader you want to be, what kind of leader you should be, what kind of leader you are, and then ask the Lord to help you take steps that way. And the cool thing is the Lord holds your hand the entire way. He doesn't give up on you, even when you fail sometimes, and we all fail sometimes. Uh, now, in Japan, uh, there's this thing called senpai kohai. The senpai is the senior, and the kohai is the junior. And in a work situation, it, it kind of looks like this. Um, Basically, the senpai is going around giving um, instructions and commands, and the kohais run around and do whatever they're told. No questions asked. That's the way it works. It runs smoothly that way, and that's the environment. That's the work culture. It's just the way it is. So here we have a picture of a kohai pouring uh, some Georgia sweet tea for his senpai, and that is sweet tea, just to rest assured for everyone, sweet tea, all right? Um, and so at a, at a party or a banquet or so forth, you would see the junior in the firm, if you will. Uh, anyone that has a higher rank, whether they're, um, they've worked longer, they're older, or they have a, a leadership role that trumps theirs, then they're going to pour drinks for their senpai, for their senior. And the whole idea is if that, if that glass gets down to half full, they're filling it right back up. And then if the bottles go empty, they're ordering more because they have to make sure to take good care of the senpai. Now imagine this for a moment. Imagine one Monday morning, missionary Monday morning, in, uh, as, the, as the employees come into work, they're met by the CEO at the door. He's holding the door open. They're walking in, he's greeting everyone, wishing them a good day. They go and they're kind of a little taken back. They go to their seats, they sit down. He runs over to the kitchen and, and starts pouring coffee for each one of them and goes around individually and serves them at their cubicle and puts milk and sugar or whatever. He makes it to their specifications. I can dare, guarantee you that a couple things are gonna happen. First of all, they're gonna freak because this is so weird that they'll think it's a nightmare. They'll just, it'll just be so strange. Secondly, they'll be very anxious and worried like that something's going on and it doesn't compute with them and they don't know how, doesn't register. So they would be very anxious and, and worried like, ooh, I don't know. Um, so let's say that the, the um, CEO picks up on that and, and calms everyone and just simply says, you know, 
today. I wanted to greet you and serve you coffee and, and just check up with you just to express to you my gratitude. This company is doing well and succeeding because of you. You work hard, you work overtime, you sacrifice for the sake of this company. Uh, and so I just simply wanted to express my gratitude and say thank you. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be just shocking? It would be shocking. Um, but that's what Jesus is saying. The senior among you, the, greater, the one with the greater rank, will take the lower rank and serve those around him. Now, I'm not going to hold my breath in Japan to see that happen, but it could happen. It could happen. I don't know. Um, stranger things have happened. And then Jesus continues. Who is more important? The one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. For I am among you is one who serves. Uh, there's a story told uh, about many years back when a rider on a horseback came upon an interesting scene. It was a squadron of soldiers who were trying to move a heavy piece of timber. And nearby was the corporal barking out orders, heave, but they weren't able to budge the wood. It was just too heavy. So the rider on the horse just quietly said, why don't you help them? To which the man standing there replied, me? Why, I'm a corporal, sir. So the man dismounted from his horse. He walked over, he joined uh, the other soldiers, got in place, and then he said, heave ho. And they together in uniform slipped it into place and the job was done. Then he came back out of the place, got back on his horse, and said to the corporal, Corporal, next time you need a piece of timber moved, call me, I'll handle it. And who should I call, sir? Your commander in chief. This is the Rembrandt rendition of George Washington. And I don't know if that's folklore or true, but it beautifully illustrates the teaching of Jesus that he wanted us to lead by example. He said, I have set you as an example that you should do as I have done. Now that you see these things or know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So as I read through this passage, it just stirs in me a desire to be more like Jesus, that he, he left his great position in heaven and humbled himself and came to earth. And not just come to earth, but he came um, and put on the clothing of a servant. And he served the greatest, but he also served the least of them on planet earth. So the invitation is for all of us. And actually it's a command from Christ, but in a way he doesn't want to command it. He wants us to know what we should be doing, but he wants us to humble ourselves and willingly come and bow before the cross, bow before him and say, Lord, if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. And amazingly, um, this reverse way of doing life, this reverse way of thinking, this reverse way of approaching leadership has the greatest impact. For the greatest among you, Jesus said, 
will be the servant of all. And I'll just close with this passage. This passage in Philippians is speaking of Jesus. It says, your attitude should be the kind that was shown to us by Jesus Christ, who though he was God, exalted, King of kings and Lord of lords, did not demand and cling to his rights as God. So my hope and prayer for you is that you would take some time in your life, just in, in the coming days and weeks and months, as you prepare to become the leaders that God is calling you to become and expects you to become and desires for you to become, that you can begin to prepare yourself to be a leader like Jesus, one who leads by example, one who desires the well-being and the best for others, one who is willing even to put aside their own vision and dreams and aspirations to meet the needs around them. So if I were to give you a homework assignment, besides um, thinking about your own leadership style and then committing to becoming a leader like Jesus, it would be uh, see a need, meet a need. See a need, meet a need. So simply just look around you each day. Maybe in the morning you pray, God, today I know I'm going to come across some needs. Um, I, I'm willing. Uh, I'm available. Use me to meet those needs in Jesus' name. And I believe God will open doors each and every day. It could be something very small. It could be something bigger. It could be something grand. Whatever that need is, meet it. Meet it like Jesus would with humility. So again, thank you for allowing me this last couple weeks to spend time with you. Um, the Lord bless you and keep up the good work. Hang in there. See a need, meet a need. Take care. Bye-bye.